You do it. You do it. You do it, Phillips. Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show. What's up? Welcome. That's a little low. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show. Try it. Come on. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show. I like it. 96.5 AM, 780 FM. That's backwards. This is a public broadcast brought to you by the internet and a microphone from Amazon. Yes, and possibly the uh, Player Impact program, several other funds of different sovereign nations. Love an acronym that sounds like... PIF. PIP. 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 I'm thinking of the Public Investment Fund. I'm already already thinking of the stuff. Makes me think of Lord of the Rings. Pippin. (laughs) Fool of a took. (laughs) Fools. I, I remember I, I watched this clip last night of the guy who didn't know that Frodo wasn't a Pokemon. Remember that one? No, what? There was a guy who was like on Million Dollar Pyramid or whatever who was mm-hmm. like, for a million dollars, pick which one wasn't a Pokemon. And it was like a bunch of Pokemon names Pikachu, and then Frodo. Squirtle. Yeah, and Frodo. And he was like, mm, I'm going to need to half the question. And he was like, <laughs> so he like stubbed it on a 500,000 and then removed two of the answers. Yeah. And then it was Frodo and Pikachu. And he was like, Pikachu. And it was just like, whoa. Uh, shout out to your list watching habits last night. You texted me a video of your screen, obviously our favorite TV show. And then you texted me and said, is this better than Casino Royale? Which made me rethink your entire ranking system yeah. of how content works. It's just Casino Royale top and then everything else beneath. And there's a huge gap between one and two. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. It's a race for second place at this point. You know, um, Casino Royale, we obviously know best movie ever made. Uh, directed by Daniel Craig, written by Daniel Craig. Definitely in the top three Bond movies ever made. Who's to say if it's even number one? Three Bond. I feel like you're disagreeing with me in a weird way, but like whatever, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Um, you know, basically, when Daniel Craig sat down to write Casino Royale, you know, he was. It's actually there's a there's that moment when he's on the beach with um, uh, Vesper. Mm-hmm. That's actually documentary footage of when he was writing the script, which I think is one of the coolest like kind of Easter eggs within the, you know. <laughs> Hate you so much. You got me bad yesterday. I did. I did. We were at a golf course. Uh, I was looking at a, a chart of. I took a photo of this because you had a great idea that I should call the first person. We were yeah. at our local Muni Lions golf course in, in Austin. Needed a sip of water, so we went into the clubhouse and they had a chart of all the hole in ones that the women's local women's league had had since 1979. And they were, they kind of weirdly went on the same holes. So I remarked to you as. Or they had gapping. Like there was years of mm-hmm. condensed aces and exactly. then years of no aces. Yeah. And so I was like, Eric, do you think there's something to that? And not even breaking, just fully in character <laughs> in an obnoxious way, just went, yeah, that has something to do. What'd you say? The solar ray patterns? I said, yeah. I mean, they, they've, they've looked into whether or not that, like the gravitational effect from solar storms has to, uh, has an effect on, you know, probable aces. I went full MPC. I just glitched. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, how would that how would that work? And then you did the thing. You were like, yeah, yeah. You held it for an extra I beat. I held it for a little bit longer. An extra and then, beat. And then I just realized what was happening, and it was very funny. You realized that the next time I was golfing with someone, I was going to say, <laughs> have you heard? You know, rule 17C is, uh, <laughs> is blame the solar flare. So 17B is laugh at the bad shots. We all know. Uh, everybody knows that rule. But, um, you know, 17C is blame the solar flare. <laughs> Typically, it's not going to be your club. It's going to be the magnetic interference that's placed on your club from a solar flare, which a solar flare is ultimately a result of a solar storm. It's, it's scary, man. Which are deeply, you know, they, they could ask, they, solar storms can cause an internet outage that could last for years. You're scaring me because now I feel like I have to go back and everything you've ever said 
Well, no, everything I just said is true, except for the effect on... on I mean, it probably has an effect on golf. I feel like... Uh, we how, know so little. How would you do if there was an EMP, a little electromagnetic pulse from a solar flare, knocked out all technology in the planet for the next five years? Five years? Yeah. Definitely need to do a little strategy shift on Random Golf Club because we're primarily an internet business. Yeah, the podcast itself would take an interesting form. We would just need to start shouting It'd be it. Yeah, roadshow, dude. Like, I would just get in the car. I would light my house on fire and I'd get in the car and I would just take this thing on the road. And car, you think like diesel, we still figure it out. I mean, there's still fuel without internet. They would figure true, that out. True. It would be a shortage for like a year. Yeah. It, it'd just be like, the first year would be like COVID uh, redux. Mm-hmm. And then I think the second year could be the best year of our lives though. <laughs> you're like, yeah. we have a strong 2024 ahead of us. I think so. Like, I think probably you're going to wish you were a farmer. Yeah. You wish you had that experience. Yeah. Although farming... It depends what kind of crops because a lot of that water, you got to think about that. I think it'd mostly be about driving to like a rural Vermont. I think that's the really like first Good summers. Move. Yeah. First move is drive to rural Vermont, you know, like stake some land, whether by force or by fire, you know, or by friend, you know, mm-hmm. or, or by, you know, like, you know, you could, you can negotiate your way into a corner of someone's like six acres, get a little <laughs> corner of it, like find some seed, lay mm-hmm. it. I'm talking about plants. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, just set up a little, set up a little garden, you know, edible garden. What's the, uh, what's the best sport suited for the apocalypse? Frisbee. <laughs> Boomerang. Cause at least that comes back. You can play it by yourself. Yeah. Frisbee. Cause it's like, it's also, it's a plate, it's a plate, you know, it's like you can eat. You can eat. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a dual purpose. Turn it upside down. Yeah. Turn that Frisbee upside down. Yeah. I was, I was going to say golf, but, uh, <laughs> but golf is good. But you got to mow all that grass. You would need to be playing on the lake. That's link. so true. You'd have to be, it'd be urban yeah. golf. Frisbee, you can play anywhere. Frisbee, I, I love that you just went right to Frisbee. I think yeah. that there's there's also future there. Not Frisbee golf. Frisbee I mean, golf. I'll fuck with Frisbee golf, maybe. Like, I've done it once. I don't really like Frisbee golf. I don't either. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, hey, no offense if you like it. I think it's great that you like it. I, we, our editor, Elliot, loves it. Loves it. But for Elliot, me, what's up? It, I don't know why. It doesn't, a good shot in Frisbee golf, I'm like, I didn't have any control over that. A good shot in golf, also true, but feels differently somehow. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about Frisbee golf mm-hmm. is that it's since it's plastic uh, materials, less of a solar flare interference. I hate you so much. So it's like easier to predict the results, but whatever. You know what I mean? Um, I do have a question for you. Where are we going today? Well, there's the big thing. There's the title of the podcast. Obviously, first of all... What's the title? Title of the podcast, Our Thoughts... Finally, our thoughts on the merge, on the merge, and uh, our caddy from break, uh, Breaking Ninety at LACC. So, first of all, stay ahead for a wonderful conversation with Nigel. Yeah, what an interesting cat, man! What a, a man from Galway, Irish caddy, Gareth Bale's uh, and yours friend yeah. from the round. Yeah. Go check out that video, by the way; it's live. Great video. Uh, yeah, Nigel just had some key phraseology just, that yeah, I think we could say it, it on NSFW? the podcast. Is it on the show? Uh, I, I had to cut that part out. To come off the gold tooth yeah, to make yeah. it in the episode? Yeah, I think... I hit a putt on the fifth hole, or I chipped on the fifth hole, and it like almost rolled off the green, and he goes, that putt's faster than come off a gold tooth. That's obviously not his accent, but... And it was like one of those things where I like thought about it, and then I saw it. I saw... You saw it. I saw like a glob of cum <laughs> slipping off of a gold tooth, and I wondered, mostly men have gold teeth. And then it all just sort of disintegrated in my head. Yeah, you moved on to the next shot. <laughs> I just then putted it back up the hill, and it was slower than a 
a turd going back in your ass, I guess. There that, you go. You see, you could you, you could have done that job. I've never I've never uh, puckered one back on there, but yeah, it, it's funny enough. It happens in zero gravity more often than you think. Just That's stop, actually true. Stop talking to me about anything to do with, with space. Enough. Um. Yeah. So so the merge. The the merge. Let's get into it. You know, uh, some you know, kind of for me. Um, have you ever had like a terrible stomach ache and then finally you can go to the bathroom? Interesting. Yes. It's kind of like it's kind of like it feels bad, but it's a relief. Yeah. That's the merge for me. Yeah. Well, well tell us where we were. It's over. Like in in Cedu Res, we were in California. Yeah. When we got the news, we woke up. Oh we, yeah, that's right. It was the day after our Pebble Beach shoot. Yeah. And you remember, I woke up. I saw like a meme, and it was like when they merge or whatever. And I was like, what? And then I Googled it and I was like, whoa. Same with Jay Monahan last night. I was like, I saw a joke about Jay oh, Monahan yeah. and I looked it up and I was like, oh, he actually is ill. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look, it's like <clears throat> my opinion, my opinion uh, is that, you know, like this whole thing has been like terrible for a lot of people, great for some. And now that it's kind of like reached some type of conclusion or at least the beginning of a conclusion, my biggest takeaway is like, I kind of can't wait to watch some golf. I can't wait to watch the family get back together. While some of the circumstances aren't great for all people, you know, uh, the more that I kind of like understand the world, it's shaded, right? The world is like at all times half dark, half light, right? And, you know, so is everything, right? Everything is a little bit fucked. And, you know, like... Is it going to get more fucked? Probably, right? Like most things are trending towards more fucked. My primary interest is in amateur golf, playing golf and playing golf with your friends. So for me, like I never really got too involved in opinionating on this thing that just like was outside my purview of like what's going on. But yeah, I think I share a lot of sentiments with a lot of people like those that left and now they're coming back. They're lucky. Those that didn't leave or expressed opinions around this or that, they're not as lucky. Um, but ultimately, business, surprisingly, drives so many things culturally. And I think that's one of the biggest concerns. And I've brought it up on the podcast before. Large corporations have one goal, which is to acquire more money. And, you know, a lot of times that's unfortunate. Sometimes that's incredible. If you look at Patagonia, beautiful brand, has done a lot of good for the world. Founders giving away all of his money, right? Um, that's unfortunately more rare, kind of like a good movie coming out of Hollywood, right? It's very uncommon that when something has so many stakeholders and so many dollars involved for it to continue making virtuous decisions. And, you know, that's always been in my heart. And like, I didn't know about business when I started Random Golf Club, right? Like for me, it was mostly about like, I have this idea of bringing people together and like making cool clothes and like producing rad content that people like live vicariously through. Um, as I've learned more about business, I've seen that like frequently there's, um, you know, like concessions that you have to make where you're like, hmm, you know, like, yeah, I just have to do this, right? Like I don't see another pathway and like I'm in a rock and a hard place and, you know, keeping the business alive is priority one if it's your baby. So, you know, just like a mother might make a, like a potentially unethical decision around the safety of their own child, it's under something that they care the most about. So, Corporate greed, obviously, enemy number one here. Um, uh, pro golfers, victim number one. Maybe I'd say victim number two. Victim number one is um, golf fans that love watching pro golf that got like a year and a half of kind of like weak game. But we're back. I think that's the headline for me is it's like, yo, like let's get everybody back together. Let's play golf. Let's do it all. Um, but yeah, wild year for pro golf and ultimately 
Um, been very interesting to watch. Glad I'm not personally involved because that sounds really sticky. Appearing before Congress to basically, you know, explain that you had to do something that is potentially maybe outside the laws of the American government sounds really challenging. And like, look, I know Jay personally. I know him to be a nice person, a welcoming person. I'm sure he was between a rock and a hard place. And I'm sure he had to make some decisions that, you know, who knows if Tim Fincham or Dean Beeman would have done any better. We just don't know. And the amount of things that we don't know surrounding the future and even the current experience between PIF and PGA Tour and everything, you know, it's probably astounding. Um, you know, really cool to see Jimmy Dunn on TV and basically say, I'll kill whoever you want me to kill. Um, you know, he's a badass. He's a baller, right? Like he's one of the like silent horsemen of golf who cares about betterment of the game from amateur level, club level, like whatever, and uh, and pro level. And so I think he could be a rising star within this story um, and sort of who knows, right? I just think ultimately, yeah. Is it the Chinese farmer? Good news, bad news, who knows? Is that where we end up here? That's That was my thought was, especially future looking, like where it's one thing to look at the past year and a half and be like, okay, that was a bit of a roller coaster and you're right, a weak product. But what does it mean for the game five years from now? Yeah, and look, I, you know, my experience in like learning about fundraising, like most VCs, most private equity uh, groups, they have some money from some foreign government that some people might say that's bad. And at some point, it becomes clear that it's not one group that is like at fault for all of the wrongs in the world. And like, I'm not like saying that I'm okay with certain activities that happen across the world. But at the same time, if you have an iPhone, you're kind of involved in the problem. And uh, at some point, it's just about focusing on what good you can create in your life today and how can you focus on what little change can be made to make the world a better place in your local circle, right? We live in a very global world. All of a sudden, the news is everywhere. I'm hearing about things that are places I've never even been. And, you know, it can be kind of tragic to, like, look at. But at the same time, in this local environment, like, who are we interfacing with? Who are we talking to? Who are we listening to? Who are we asking questions to? You know, as we, like focus on our local communities and how we can create a more holistic, authentic, and real environments to create happier lifetimes while we're here. That to me is my main thing. So this whole like merger thing, it's kind of this like movie that I saw, right? And it's like, oh yeah, that's like also a real movie. You know, that actually happened. It's like a it's like that 127 hours thing where I was like, whoa, that actually happened. And it'll be the same thing in 60 years when you watch the movie about this whole thing and you're like, wow, that actually happened. Like, I'm not a part of it. My opinion probably doesn't even fucking matter, actually, which is kind of the funniest part. It's like we get clogged into these comment sections where, like, it's just like kind of like the comment section is our modern debate area where it's like Yale versus Harvard on whether or not so-and-so is guilty. And it's like, well, our judicial system probably is fucked. So maybe this is a better way to, like, judge. But at the same time, most of these people don't know the full context of what's taking place. We want golf to stay alive. We want golf to grow. We want golf to become a more holistic environment for amateurs and young kids and old people to connect, talk about the world, and basically spend that time intentionally and meaningfully engaged in a game that isn't about score, right? That That's for me golf. So merger, no merger. I just can't wait to see them play together. It's kind of, it fits very neatly into the story of the US Open, especially being this week. 
U.S. Open, man, coming off the heels of the PGA, right? Like two great tournaments where like, and I guess also at the Masters and the Open, like every, there are amateurs that yeah. join in. But like, yeah, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, it's fun. I remember like first time I played LACC, I was like terrified. I, I met a guy who was like, I'll take you out to LACC. And I was like, oh my God, when? Like, how do I ask? How do I text him? How do I follow up? And I remember we played and we played with this kid from the web tour and on the first tee, these guys are both singles, like low single digits, maybe even plus. And they were like, let's play from the plates. We played like 7,700 yards on my first time out there. I was like a 12 handicap at the time. I just hit like these banana slices, 220 all day. And uh, it was like, a, it was a real moment. The, the, the stick out memory for me mm-hmm. was when I pulled my phone out at the clubhouse to take a picture and I was immediately... Uh, paused from that activity from you know there were eyes in the sky <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they, they saw that coming they had me. i saw a little red light on my on my forehead you I mean, know it's funny to when when would that have been how many years ago that was like seven years ago yeah so it's funny seven years ago can't pull your phone out now what four cameras out on the course yeah just balling out we had a great time yeah the, the gareth Bale piece. with us you know it's funny it's like for me like you know i i like i'm not like super like you know, you have such a great hold on the content, Jojo, that like, I don't like get in there and like critique. My main experience was like, what a great walk. You know what I mean? And I had, a, I had, you know, like this, this, like this kind of like opening moment of like, I'm going to enjoy this round no matter what. And like, I'm not going to get caught up and like, we're working, we're filming, we're making content. You know, I'm like trying to play. I'm just going to like be a vessel of entertainment to the best of my ability. And like, that for me was like a win, you know, like, but I, cause there was a few holes there in the front nine where I was yeah. like, you know, getting a bit like titsy, you know? Well, I mean, the first hole, first drive goes left. Very left. Yeah. Lucky we found it. Nigel with the eyes. It was, it was fluffed up just on the side hill and then 260 in with a five wood. I mean, you got out of there. Yeah. But this first th- that happened and, and I remembered cause I always forget, you know, for me, the stress and the anxiety and everything that goes into it is making sure everything's ready. But then you turn the camera on and you just there's no control. Yeah. It's it's just it's just react, 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 react. Yeah, it's just jackpot. Do I have a winner today? Yeah. And uh oh man, I just want to talk about it. I mean, it's coming out. You're listening to this, the video came out yesterday. Should we throw a spoiler warning and talk about the round a little bit? Well, yeah. Eighty nine. Oh my god, yeah. That's right. Well, to be fair, I didn't quite play the backbacks on every tee. And every I, single the greens we weren't could. quite as fast as they are this week. The rough wasn't quite as tall. So it was slightly tamer, but definitely more aggressive than typical. It was over 7,000 yards. And the second you eat, what, one par three, 255, another par three, 235. That's true. Yeah. Wow. You yeah. know, 600 yard par, par um, fives. Uh, I, I was did just. make a birdie. Yeah, you made a birdie on one of the par fives. Um, and then you Scotty Scheffler'd the last hole. Oh, my God. Three putts to win the Masters. Yeah, that's right. Used every single one of them. I was yeah. on the ground on the court of the green. And the last putt wasn't short. No, it, it, it was, was a real like tester. Feet. Yeah. yeah. Gareth, Gareth to the side, like freaking out. <laughs> he's, la- he's alternating between laughing and like genuinely being nervous. He cared, too. He was competitive. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he was in there. I, mean, I know it. he cared, but I didn't know that moment that existed off camera. No, and, and well, you'll see it in the in the oh, cut, cool. but he's he he like freaks out a little bit and he goes, You got this, you got this. And you could tell because yeah. he's been in so many penalty shootouts over his oh, life. Yeah, it's basically a penalty kick. It, I, I mean, I would say a 10 footer to win something 
is the closest equivalent to a penalty kick. Explain it to me in soccer terms. <laughs> in football. In football, sorry. <laughs> um, it was a very special round, and it was the beginning of a, of a bunch of special rounds over the last month and a half or so, which, not to segue too much, but I did want to ask you, over the last month and a half, major season, you played some some great courses, we played some great courses, um, and some ab- courses in between. What's been your favorite 18 holes? <sighs> Yeah, so let's just do some inventory here. Um, you know, uh, played LA. That mm-hmm. was great for the Open there, uh, for the US Open. Um, Rancho Santa Fe a couple days later. Played Rancho Santa Fe with Brian. That was great. That was really pleasant mm-hmm. um, for me. And then and then um, came home, played Butler, got a hole-in-one. True. Um, went to Finland, played the best course in Finland, um, Lena. Uh, played the best course in Sweden, uh, Brohoff. And then played the one of the best public courses in the world, Pebble Beach, and then played one of the best courses, bar none, Cypress Point. Don't forget about um, Royal Liverpool. We also played Royal Liverpool on the Open Rota, and we also played, um, gosh, I can't remember the name of the course in uh, Helsinki. With and we had a meetup, and then we played Sharp Park, and we had a meetup. Yeah, Sharp Park, and the course was uh, Harajul. Yeah, and um, outside of Helsinki. Memory. Um, and then played what you played. One of our local courses, Barton, yesterday. Oh, yeah. I played some wonderful courses in Connecticut over the weekend. Oh, nice. New England golf. We just got to go time. up there. It's nice. It's just good. It like 82? It was like temperature-wise. Yeah. No, it was like 66, 67. It's like 166 in Austin. Yeah, a little bit of haze in the sky from the Canadian wildfires, but the greens were on par with Pebble, I'd say, a little wow. bit. They were wow. really nice. That's shocking. I mean, I went back-to-back. Uh, talk to me like what what stands out what's the sticky memories so to speak well for me like you know i'm i'm like this the the stickouts are always going to be the unusual right and like that sounds like a little bit insane to say because like this is an unusual trip for sure like Mm -hmm. the string of golf like the string of quality golf is like you know i've i've never had a trip quite like this normally we're going to like weird play we went to tromso the northernmost golf course in the world that stuck out um, but for me, what's kind of coming back to me is um, the meetup in Helsinki. You know, we had a meetup in Helsinki. I mean, like golf course wise, it's modest, right? It's obviously it doesn't have back to back par threes on the ocean like Cyprus. I mean, hitting, putting it to six feet on the 16th of Cyprus was like kind of like got to be up there. Kind of like one of the best shots of my life. But the meetup in Helsinki had like a, a, a foreignness, obviously, to me. Like I, we were, it was one of our first like um, international meetups that took place in a non-English speaking country. And so we've done Australia, we've done England, um, but like, but like Finland, it 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 was just it, it stuck with me for like uh, like a heart reason. Like like there were all these people that grew up speaking a different language that have a different approach to golf that um, you know think in a different language. But yet we all like hold the same sticks and like, you know, um, we feel the same feelings on the golf course. And so being in Helsinki and really recognizing the global nature of this wonderful game um, that is one of the most globally played games in the world, um, I think second to soccer and football. Obviously, that's the biggest sport in the world, but like golf for being a, a, a small punch you know, pack some heat in terms of like global influence. And so it was really cool to see random golf clubs show up in a way that um, was new for me. Right. And, and, you know, we had a little bit of a weather moment, like it was beautiful and sunny. Then it started like raining and it got super windy and cold, like within like two seconds. 
And then it went away and we were back. And that was kind of like a metaphor for me of like, you know, like silver lining, like clouds come and go. Like the sun is always there. It's the clouds that come and go. And so this like experience of like playing golf and hitting a bad shot, like that comes and goes. The, the goodness is always there. Like, like the great golfer inside you doesn't go anywhere. It's just covered up by other things, typically your own mind. So yeah, for me, like I get almost like really sentimental about this Helsinki meetup. And like, you know, like as we walked away from it, I know Jojo, you and I had this kind of like, like immediate like take, which was like, wow, that was different. And it was like, it was different in the moment in a funny way because the Finnish people are not quite as gregarious as, you know, the Americans that we've had many meetups with. You know, there was no guys like running around the hole yelling, get in the hole or like, let's go, which is, you know, fun, right? Like that was in Dallas. We had a great time. But like, it it just was a very like touching moment of watching Random Golf Club go, you know, thousands of miles to the Northeast and and be played the same way it's played everywhere else, yet just as different. I mean, the whole like, designing principle of adventures in golf, which is essentially where this whole thing started was, you know, I said to the PGA tour, one of my first backers, right? Wow. I want to go to strange places and play golf with strange people. And by this strange definition, what I meant was foreign, unknown, unusual, new to me, right? Strange taste. Hmm, I never had that before. It doesn't mean good or bad. It's just is, and that was really like the compass for my life for like, you know, now seven or eight years. And so to wrap that mission into random golf club and experience a strange place with strange people in mass celebrating this club that we've created, this like mission of like getting people together on the golf course, it was truly profound. Like Sharp Park was no less profound. It just was not quite as new as as this meetup in Finland. Ah. I love that take. You know, Pebble, all, all the major championship courses, <laughs> some little course. <laughs> I, was like, I get what you mean, though. I mean, that's 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 an up there memory for sure. Um, we've done meetups in England before, but never outside of the English-speaking world. I mean, backing up real quick, like um, the Helsinki meetup like was like a little bit uncomfortable. At times, it was hard to get you. You really lean on the crowd for energy, yeah. and at times, the stoic nature of the Finnish people honestly forced us to question ourselves, maybe as to whether or not we were doing the yeah, job. Like, am I out of it? Am I missing? What yeah, am I doing? Are we are we off our base? But then I, we talked about this after, and what we said to each other, if I recall correctly, was I think it was still just as impactful and important yeah. for people there, and people came up and. And people have hit us up since then, and they they said they've said such sweet things about Random Golf Club, what it means to them. Mm. And it is I always do forget until you're there that people how strongly people feel about the mission that that so deeply this community resonates with. Yeah, I mean, like it makes me think of the RGC tattoo, right? If you're listening and you have an RGC tattoo, email it hello at randomgolfclub.com. Like I want to see it, I want to celebrate it. Um, you know, what's interesting is like every meetup, as different as they may be, right, weather, course, people, language, accent, they all have the same um, elements. They're all comprised of the same elements in the same order. And it kind of reminds me of a screenplay, right? Like you've got, um, you know, set up, 
describe the world. Sure. Inciting incident. Mm-hmm. What's the problem that this character is going to solve? Then debate. Right. Am I going to am I going to take the red pill? Right. And then it's um, into act two. Right. Solving the problem. Midpoint. Right. Uh, dark night of the soul, right? Like uh, I'm gonna die, right? I, ca- I can't do it. And then revision of strategy and like re um, reengagement of like um, ability and energy. And then um, basically climax, two thirds, three fourths of the way through the script. Third act, new world. What is it like? What's changed? The character looks different. They've shaved. They got a beard. They have a scar. They're dirty. They're clean. Whatever. And um, the meetup's the same thing, right? The meetup is why are we all here, right? What is this thing, right? Oh, okay, second hole. Hmm, I see, I get it, okay. Now I understand the rules of this game, got it, okay. Um, Fourth hole, right? Like, oh, okay, we're all the same. Like, I can talk to anybody, right? Like, oh yeah, ha, 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 like cool. Oh, Eric's here for me, like, let's take a photo, right? Like, let's. I wanna tell him about this golf course or what what this experience I had that I relate to, the Askernish video or whatever. And then it's like, sixth hole, it's like, hmm, we're almost done. What's going to happen? Like, it's, we don't want it to end, you know? And then the light gets a little better. And it like, all of a sudden, it's like ninth hole, last tee shot, right? Make it count. Mm, interesting. Much louder volume amongst the crowd watching. More shouts, more more like side conversations. And then, boom, ninth green, right? Like, celebration. Someone makes a putt. Wow, you know? And then third act, right? Walking off the ninth green, the new world. Yeah, who, who are you going to play with golf in yeah. your next round? Who did you meet today? Yeah. Exactly. What is your, how is, how is your life different? You've experienced something unlike anything else. A meetup has taken place in your hometown, right? Like, where do we go next? Like, how does that inform our future, like, assembly of golf in our heads as though it's a puzzle? You know what I mean? So the meetup is really, like, going back to our, like, original joke around, like, uh, you know, lack of internet. Like, dude, it's meetups all the time, dude. Like, it's like you don't need internet for a meetup, dude. All you need is, like, you don't even need sunlight, really. I guess all you need is consciousness and, like, the ability to, like, I, 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 honestly, you, you don't need anything. All, all you need is to be alive to come to a meetup. And that's kind of one of the coolest things is like, you don't need to be good. You don't need to be able to speak. You don't need to be able to walk. You just need to be. And then a meetup takes place. And like, that sounds like super, what, like, woo wah, like, whatever. But like, it's actually, it's actually like true. I guess you need a ticket. <laughs> Not always. Get a ticket. Head, <laughs> hey, head over to Random Golf Club for real, though. Like, uh, we got a lot of things coming out this, uh, this next couple months. Um, you know, I've talked a little bit about membership. I'm going to talk more about it. Um, we've got a fun little tour going on with, uh, coming to your town with some meetups. So please head over to randomgolfclub.com. Um, throw your email address in the hat. We want to be able to tell you about those things as they come up. We also got a lot of fucking sick new products coming out that like, you know, um, we're getting to that point where things are going to like kind of start selling out and we need to like manage our orders a little better, but you know, would love to be able to, uh, share with you. Also, we're going to relaunch. Uh, our newsletter. So we'll be just kind of sharing like emails around like thoughts and stories and ideas and concepts and ways to get better at golf. So last time head over to randomgolfco.com. Would love to connect with you over there and tell you about what we have going on and what all you need to sign up for the email address is consciousness. Yeah, consciousness and a working email address. And an email address. Hotmail accounts. AOL. Yeah. Sign your friend up. You know, make the make third day. Did you know um, those of you that might be interested about Random Golf Club International do you know what our percentage of international uh, members are currently? I, I just know our subscriber base uh, international. I what wonder it? if it compares. But our subscriber base is 40% yeah, international. It's about that. It's like 37. Yeah. So if you're listening internationally, like, you know, 
you've got a tribe, right? Like we, we like really celebrate the global nature of random golf club. And as I speak about members, I'm speaking in the terms of like, you know, people that have opted into whatever the, you know, um, email address and stuff like that. So formalized membership coming soon, bag tags coming back. If you want to be early to that list, sign up now and, uh, keep an eye out. So much stuff coming, including right now, right after this ad break, Nigel, Nigel Lysacked. Big Nigel. Big Nigel energy. Guy. One of those guys, caddies, when they're on the day, not that they're not as handsome, still handsome in a different way, scruffy looking, takes his stuff off, came in. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're an actor. I yeah, get it. Exactly. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. He had, he had like the, the, I wonder if you could do that to anybody. Like if you gave, um, you know, Zoe Saldana, like if you put her in a caddy outfit, does she all of a sudden look like she's like right off a fishing boat in Alaska? Um, it's a great idea and it makes me want, is there, has there been a rom-com made about a caddy who goes to a caddy and a player who like, and then the caddy gets the the second act, the glow up, the glow up. I mean, no, I can say definitively. We'll we'll put it on our list of uh, screenplays we're working on. All right, folks. Hello, fresh. Honestly, I feel like that's a pickup line. Have I said that before? You have. Hello, fresh. Hello, fresh. I'm going to use it. Anyway, this summer, hello, fresh is here to take the work out of eating well. I was actually just thinking about this because like I'm going to go to LA next week and I was like, man, like hotels are really expensive. Like maybe I'll just get an Airbnb. And I was like, yo, Airbnb. What if I could get like, you know, like how do you get food at the Airbnb? Like it'd be oh. sick if I could get HelloFresh to the Airbnb. This is, uh, you got to stop giving them the ideas. If Airbnb partnered with HelloFresh, so if you got like the Airbnb Lux edition. Great idea. And then before you went, you could pick your meal options. Dude, it's a good idea. Hello, Fresh. Hello, Fresh. Welcome to the show. Uh, anyway, reach your goals with delicious, calorie smart, and protein smart lunch and dinner options because we don't eat breakfast. Anyway, plus there's a vegan recipes too for those of you out there that are vegan. Get farm to table quality with every Hello Fresh box. Their seasonal ingredients are picked at peak ripeness. Yeah. Not peak ripeness. Uh, peak ripeness, just perfectly plump, succulent, everything in between. Ripe. Uh, I have a couple favorites. Um, I'm, I'm reading them just because it's hard for me to remember, but uh, they they have all these new snacks. Yeah. Like their bratwurst bar, caramelized onions. Oh, have you, if you've done their hot honey peach jam, that's very, very Sounds good. Delicious. I didn't get that. Why didn't I get that? Uh, you know, hot I honey pick peach some, jam? you pick some. What is it? Hot honey peach hot jam. Hot honey peach jam. That's the perfect, a bit of savory, a little bit of sweet, and a little bit of spice on top. Dude, I'm like. You can have some out of my fridge. We can share. Hello, not so fresh, dude. Why didn't I get that? I mean, you just, just like, I just, I, wanted, I, I guess I just get in first. I'm the star of the show, here. JoJo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, dude. That's, that sounds great. I'm happy for you, man. <laughs> never frozen um no but uh no matter what your lifestyle you can always find delicious recipes on the hello fresh menu like pescatarian like vegetarian um we're very happy to work with them they're they're fantastic and they keep us fed on this show so go to hellofresh.com slash eal show 16 do not forget it hellofresh.com slash eal show 16 to get free meals plus free shipping I please encourage you to check out America's number one meal kit. Very excited to kind of get into it, Nigel. Uh, For those of you listening, uh, Nigel and I and Jojo met Mm -hmm. at LACC on Monday. That's right. You were kind of, uh, you know, a lot of times when I get uh, a recommendation, like if someone says, hey, do you want to or would you like to meet or would you like to go or can I tell you? Usually my answer is always yes, right? So my friend was like, hey, 
you got to hang with Nigel while you're at LACC. And I was like, yes, definitely. And no questions asked. And then we ended up meeting, we spend the day together and like, I don't know. It was, it was, for me, it was one of those experiences where it's like, oh, wow, like there's a deeper reason perhaps why we're meeting. We mm. share a lot in common. I don't yeah. know how much you're comfortable talking about, you know, yeah, in public. A certain amount. Keep the specific organization out of it and just personal experience is fine. Yeah. yeah. But we love golf. Love uh, golf, yeah. Love like uh, being alive, maybe one way to say it. Absolutely. Very grateful to still be alive. Definitely <laughs> did not think that I would be. And then we also love like uh, kind of, I guess, you know, you're, I, I, we didn't talk about it much on the course, but I think one of the things I want to get into is like your acting career, your, sure. your acting desires or, or just who, who, what, what makes you up, right? Like, how do you think about like who you are as, you know, you spend a lot of time with a lot of people yeah. walking around a golf course. What, you know, how does that change who you are? I think it definitely for me is one of those things that, and uh, Nigel just pulled that mic yeah. a little closer. Um, it definitely for me is one of those things where uh, structure, whilst like similar to like the thing that we have in common, whilst feels like it limits you, actually provides the space for you to grow within. Like you need those boundaries to stay within. For me, like um, when I was 26, I met a group of people who helped me with the problem that I had and they continued to help me with that problem. Drinking. Yeah, I was horrendous drunk. Um, and I couldn't listen to anyone or anything and wanted to do my own thing and showed up whenever I wanted to. And like caddying was the only job that I never got fired from, like 100%. <laughs> like, you know, I, I either was gonna get fired and quit or I was flat out fired, you know, which is not somewhere that like say even like eight years prior, like standard, like like when I was like 18, which in Ireland is like basically being 400 years old, that's when I started to drink really. Um, and you would not, I would have been the least likely person to be in the situation that I was in, you know, kind of rudderless, um, completely unable to regulate my own life um but i was there nevertheless why why would you like be a bad candidate for that uh because at the time like so you know like 18th birthday even to like 26th birthday right you take that eight year period um i was like a good rugby player um i was a you know good student i definitely could have been a lot better did like the bare minimum to get what i needed but you know like i was going into like business school, like uh, I went to the Quinn School of Business at University College Dublin in Ireland. It was like the best business school in Ireland. Um, had a good family unit and, um, you know, for the most part, like wasn't that erratic a person. I was pretty like regimented and like if I was gonna, if I set my mind to something, I was gonna do it. I was very reliable and uh, I mean, yeah, I guess you just never know what's coming for you. Yeah, yeah. you really don't. No. So when, um, so you grew up in Dublin or, or right yeah, around? Yeah, yeah. So we moved around a bit when I was young, still after that, but we lived in different parts of Europe and stuff as well. So we lived in Holland when I was really young uh, near Den Bosch. And then we moved back for a little bit. And then we moved to like Belgium and Switzerland and then, you know, came back to Ireland and moved around within the greater Dublin area. And did you grow up in like a golfing environment? No, no. Um, 
you know, would play pitch and putt or whatever, which is, you know, kind of a golfing environment, but not like to the degree that I'm involved in it now. Um, but then when I got into high school, a bunch of my friends, um, you know, were either members in Port Marnock or like Elm Park was a, is a good club in Dublin too. And would go and play with them and stuff. Right. Are you and Rory the same age? Not Rory McIlroy. I think Rory, uh, Rory Sweeney's, uh, I think he's younger than me. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably older than I look. Is that fair? Uh- an, I don't an, know. <laughs> what, you're like you said, thirty three. Thirty six. Thirty six. Yeah. You're you, you look younger than you are. Is that is that what we're trying to do? I don't know. I just like sometimes like especially when I, when I yeah. shave when I shave down, I look younger than. Yeah. 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 That's why I don't shave. Can't do it. <laughs> the baby face. Like, if well. I shaved completely, I would look like I was like thirty two. <laughs> <For> twelve. Like, <laughs> yeah. Die 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 the grays. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because it's like it's interesting. Like in in Ireland, there is like. I feel like I've seen it a few times now where there are like younger groups of guys that like play golf together. Like you were talking yeah. about, like yeah. it's not so much. Whereas like, I feel like in America, it's more like um, you grow up playing with your family in a club environment where that's right. your social network. Whereas in Ireland, it seems like, yeah, kind of like golf is everywhere and you can kind of play it with your friends no matter what age you are. Is that, is that yeah, true? It's more egalitarian. There's like uh, a reasonable amount of, public facilities too and i think too like like i mentioned like pitch and putt like obviously it's not like full-on golf right um for anyone who doesn't know what pitch and putt is it's like short par three golf yeah like you could literally have a pitching wedge or a sand wedge and a putter and you're good to go like it's like low barrier to entry and you can drop your you know like once you're of a reasonable age you can just throw the kids out and they're you know they're good for like x number of hours and whatever and we did a lot of that right um and then uh so like when when did you decide to leave home i was talking to someone about this yesterday um i always knew that i'd live in america really i I can't tell you why or how i knew but i just knew i knew i'd end up i I think it was in part a mindset thing um i remember uh are you familiar with tall poppy syndrome uh i think so right so it's if there's a field of poppies and they're all growing, you know, roughly at the same height and one of the poppies gets taller than the rest of them, mm-hmm. the poppies in the soil around it actually drain the nutrients from that part of the soil and bring the poppy down to the same level. Mm. You know, it's like tall trees attract wind all the rest of it. Um, this is a, it's more of a Danish thing, isn't it? Uh, it could be. Okay. Could be. I actually heard it from a buddy of mine in Ireland, but I'd like it was when we were in grad school, and I'd never heard it before. But I loved it, and it I remembered stuck it. Stuck with you the rest of your oh, life. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I think there's actually like benefits to that. Like one of the great things of Irish culture is the fact that like you can't get on a high horse. <laughs> right. so you're just gonna be like brought back there. Like great. Like there's a great story. There's a Bono story that he tells where it's like you know Bono's on this chat show. He's talking. They're like, you know, why do you live in Ireland? Like, you could live anywhere. And he's, but I was like, I'll tell you, you know, he does the Bono thing. And he's like, I was walking down the street and these kids were playing, you know, football, soccer with like a crushed up Coke can, which is something we used to do as kids. Like, it was like, if you didn't have a ball, you just find something, whatever, you'd play with the, they're playing, whatever. And he sees that and he has a chuckle. And he's like, uh, you know, kids, just remember to like throw that in, in the rubbish, you know, like once you're done. And this like little kid that's like six years old looks at him and goes, fuck off, Bono. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like, right. you know, so um, I love that aspect of it. Um, I think that's probably 
you could do with a little more of that over here sure especially like where we are right now um hollywood and hollywood yeah uh wind your neck in they'd say in belfast you know just like pull it back down but the negative side of it for me at the time was that i really did feel like i had aspirations and ideas and like wanted to grow and that was everyone's just like no don't like don't make don't stand out right like you gotta you gotta blend in and how old are you at this point probably from like 20 onwards and at that point in your life what did you think america was um it's just it's cliche but just opportunity you know and it's just like an open mindset like in america there's no finite amount of success mm. you know what i mean like like we meet um and we get along we talk and like we're here now we're chatting and whatever and it's like i feel like in ireland people in the past um i hope and i think it has changed to a large degree i hope so but what i experienced was that like there was a scarcity mindset mm. to do with anything. It's like, if you were going to get ahead, it was at my expense and vice versa. Zero sum game. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it's funny you said zero sum game. So like one of the, one of the big things in my life um, that like shaped the course was I studied finance yeah. in college. And I remember when we going through like portfolio management and all these different things and like just learning that like, a lot of parts of finance and like the whole game that I like, like the whole track I was headed down was like a zero sum thing. I was like, someone else had to lose for me to gain. And then like, once that clicked with me, I knew that I was going to do a degree that I wasn't going to use the way I thought I was going to use it. You yeah. know, I just kind of finished it to finish it. And I did, had no idea where I was going to go or what I was going to do, but I knew it wasn't going to be, what I had set out at the beginning, you know? Um, and in the course of that, I came across, um, psychology, uh, behavioral psychology specifically. Um, you know, like there's different things, uh, like Daniel Kahneman, um, but like, uh, the work with Amos Tversky as well with the, where, where it's like the, the framing of particular situations dictates the people's reality and how they treat things, you know? So it's like, if you find a hundred bucks on the street, you're going to spend that hundred bucks very differently than like, if you had to work, like however long you had to work together, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you're going to probably like, it's going to go and it's going to get divided up the way most of your money divide is divided up. Right. It's like, someone's going to go savings. If you're prudent, some's might go to like, um your food shopping like some might go to whatever it's going to go to whereas like if you find it on the street you're like oh this is like i don't know like maybe i'll bet on a horse maybe whatever this is this is free money mm. but it doesn't matter how you got it it's just that you got it at the end so what does that tell you um I, it, it blew my world apart basically yeah. <laughs> honestly because i like I realized, and we had this other work too within uh, our strategy program of like, the world was different depending on what lens you put over it. And that was, that just fascinated me. And then like, just trying to get inside other people's mindsets and their thinking was always something that I intuitively had an interest and a talent for too. You know, yeah. I could, I could really empathize with people like I'd like, 
it was a big problem for me until I realized that it was an asset until I realized that I could use it in, in, in an artistic way. But like feeling too much is a big problem, <laughs> you know, especially when you come from a, a background of like, I'm Irish, you know, like culturally Irish Catholic. Right. So like the extended family on both sides is all that. And then like, I'm a rugby player too, you know, like, so it's just like, you know, big boys don't cry, right? <laughs> so, right? So I was like dealing with all of that emotion and like being affected, you know, with an A by the world so much, I couldn't understand why it was that way. I was like, what, what use is this to me? Right. <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to smash people and like make money. <laughs> like, that's like, why yeah. am I set up this way? Yeah, it's interesting that you, without really even knowing like the why or the context of like Ireland or America, where you end up going to live, where you're going to end up living, it's like America certainly has that uh, current of like you know psychological well-being, like you know, uh, kind of like you know. I, I remember talking to a girl um, in London about like what it's like to date. British dudes. And she was like, Oh, it's the worst. You know, there's just, there's nothing there. Like there's not like American guys. She's like American guys. It's like, you know, they can talk about their feelings or whatever. And I was like, interesting. You was, know, like, was she, was that a British girl? You were chatting up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was the first time I'd really heard that. It was a while. It was like 20 years ago. I was like early twenties. And I remember, I remember not really understanding completely, but throughout like further travels seeing like, Oh yeah. Like there is like a, a culture in America that's a bit more, um, you know, whatever, open to. That's the part. It's it's more open. open. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, to whatever it is, whether it's mm -hmm. success or opportunity or yeah. uh, new adventures or whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's funny. It is total mindset, though. Even in my own life in in America and New England and then Texas and so on and so forth, it really wasn't until this job until we started spending a lot of time together that I really, a lot of work I had done had been, you do the job and then when you're done, the job is over. And when you work with someone, you work with them. And when you're done, you work with someone else. But there is a mindset, and I think it's a little bit to do with golf and obviously to do with what we do in golf. That is every opportunity is actually another opportunity. Mm. And you have to just, at some point I just had to flip my brain to the point where, you know, we're doing something at Los Angeles Country Club for the U U.S. Open. And then it's, okay, well, Gareth Bale should join us. And then it's, well, we need to find the perfect character in that cast. Fortunately, got to meet you. And then that's actually an opportunity to another opportunity, which is how we have this conversation. And yeah. if you really open your brain to it, well, it's actually like, what are we going to do in 10 years? Like, mm -hmm. what conversation am I going to have with you in 10, 15 years? Which four, three years ago for me, was just not how my brain worked. Mm. It kind of changes your outlook on life. It doesn't mean you have to say yes to everything, but it means you have to see the garden of forking paths with every person you'll ever meet. Yeah, I love that. And that reminds me of, um, there's that story like in Zorba the Greek, you know, that book where it's like the guy, like the old guy's like planting the tree and like Zorba comes up to me, he's like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're never gonna live to see the tree. And he's like, oh, I live as if I'll live forever. And Zorba's like, oh, that's funny. I live as if like today's my last day. And he like rocks on. And it's that the for me, for the longest time, what I took from that was that like, oh, like, you know, like do, 
the old guy's never going to see that you know like <laughs> like you just got to take what's there now and now like my perspective on that is different like you were saying where it's like you know like there's so much value to that guy going through a process and living in a way that like is holistic and beneficial to ju not just himself but everyone around him but then there's also something too to like like you got to just be present in the day for what it is too you can't just be living for the future you know but you get you get the benefit of opening your mind up to the fruits of you know whatever your labor is today the opportunity on opportunity yeah it's interesting that i i'm trying to remember like i don't know if i heard the zorba the greek one but it was like something along the lines of yeah like uh trying to trying to like remember that what is it? it's like it's like what's the what's the fucking cheesy ass one that's like dream as if you'll that's james dean uh, is it? dream as if you'll live forever live as if you'll die today yeah dream... i used to have that poster in my room in new york really? yeah <laughs> i mean you look kind of like james dean so uh so dream as if you'll live forever so so like think like like create as though you'll never die but then live so what does that mean like act act as though you're gonna die today yeah so which if you had to pick what would it be nigel well, I came to America, so I didn't have to choose. <laughs> That's right. It's, I came here to have it all, right? Have the cake, you uh, know? Have the cake and eat it, too. I, I, think, uh, I think there are two, two sides of the same coin, Wait, James right? James Dean said that? Yeah, allegedly. It sounds Either very like Elizabeth Gilbert. It sounds very live, laugh, love. I'm surprised James Dean it said it. Was, I had that poster before I knew who Elizabeth Gilbert was, I think. Yeah, so you yeah. must be right. So, so wait, is no, it, what mean, was the poster? Was it him with his? It Porsche? was just a poster. It was him, you know, doing with the, the like collar up, just okay. like that. Right. And then uh, just on the bottom was like, "Dreams if you live forever, live as if you'll die today." It was just funny when you were saying it. I was like, I could see it. I could see it in my room in, <laughs> in Queens. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, Woodside. Wow, that's a long time ago now. That's out there. Yeah, that's what eight stops into eight stops that's into not, the borough. It's not too far. Woodside? Uh, yeah, it just depends. Like if you're taking the 7 or like what what's going on. You can take the Long Island Railroad. It's one stop from Penn, depending on where oh, you are on in the, the city. Express. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. it's just like one stop. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like, so it's like you Long go from Island Penn city. Station and then your first stop outside is 61st Street, Woodside. Okay. Yeah. And then so like you can just do that. You're there in 10 minutes. Um, right. But like if you're on the it was seven, also like five dollars. 7, it would be like 6 or whatever. Two. That's correct, which was very important at the time, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it was a massive luxury oh, yeah. to be For able. Sure. Oh, my God. What was, um, because well, you do it every day, twice a There's day. There's not enough money in the world. What were you doing in Queens? What was your day-to-day um, -day like there? That was a strange part of my life. So I graduated 2007. Um, so we, like, sit all our exams, and then you graduate, like, the following fall. So summer of 2007, uh, my sister lived in Queens at the time. She was sitting in the bar and um bar irish pub uh no so she was working in a bar but she was sitting in the new york bar uh she was lawyer okay um and sorry wait she was sitting yeah so she was studying to sit the bar to take the bar examination to be a lawyer oh she's lawyer. taking yeah. the bar i, I, I know, kind of I, I kind of missed you know why words. irish people are alcoholics because <laughs> you can't understand them <laughs> no well, there's that too <laughs> that's part and parcel because they could never pass the bar <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay, got it. Your sister was studying to be a lawyer. Yeah. Not in an Irish pub. <laughs> no, sorry. But she ended up working in an Irish pub, which okay. is, you know, that's the beautiful strange all contextual, unfolding. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um 
but yeah, so I lived with her and a bunch of friends of mine, like a couple were doing internships in the city, you know, like, so coming from that background of like, you know, I went to really good rugby school in Ireland, like the best one in Ireland. Um, some people might argue with that, but there, there's no arguing. Mm. <laughs> um, and then I went to like UCD um, and did a business degree and all the rest of it. Um, so that's like that part of my background. But then the other part of my background is like, I'm actually from just south of Dublin. Uh, I was born in Dalgany, which is like in the Wicklow Mountains, okay. um, which is, you know, um, the old line was the girls would be like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, oh, have you ever seen PS I Love You? And they're like, yeah, oh my God. I'm like, that's where I'm from. <laughs> and it is, that's where they shot. Um, but I, uh, I was there for a while. And then my parents before that were from, are from Limerick. Okay. Um, which is on the west coast which is uh, like a dare manor it's just outside yeah. limerick you know the golf course um but the part of limerick that they're both from is not a very uh golf adjacent situation it's pretty rough parts the pair of them so um it was interesting just being in that uh situation coming back and then living in new york and then it's like you know people are always like oh where are you from and then it's like Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> like, I don't know which part do I tell you. Yeah. You know, do I pick the part that I think will get me an advantage, or do I bore you yeah. with the full story, or do I just give you a blanket one? And if we get into it, we get into it. Yeah, let me hear where you're from, and then I'll tell you where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, let me hear exactly. a little more about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I can choose. Yeah, exactly. Here's the menu. Yeah, here's the uh, full um, James Dean quote. If you're interested. Oh yeah, yeah, very please. much so. Uh, Life is short. Break the rules. They were made to be broken. Forgive quickly, kiss slowly, love truly, laugh uncontrollably, and never regret anything that makes you smile. The clouds are lined with silver and the glass is half full, though the answers won't be found at the bottom. Don't sweat the small stuff. You are who you are meant to be. Dance as if no one's watching. Love as if it's all you know. Dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. That's crazy. I didn't realize uh, James Dean was such a poet. Oh, neither did I. Unbelievable. And he was so young too when when he died. He was like, I think, I think he was younger than you. I think he was twenty four. He might have been twenty five. No way. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was just he reading. He did a lot in a short period of time, man. September thirtieth, nineteen fifty five, on a lonely stretch of two line highway in Northern California. Yeah, a truck came the wrong way. Porsche Spider five fifty. It was like a prototype. He was twenty four years old. Yeah, he man, was it's in a, a tiny car to hit a truck. Yeah. Fly on the windshield. Um. It's a terrible time to go to a break. Are we already there? <laughs> like 27. Well, we got the first five minutes. Of oh, yes. <laughs> Actually, can we roll that five minutes back? No. Yeah, we could put the ad over that. So wait, Jay, I didn't realize, like, hang on. So, but he, he, there was like some memorable moments in that. Uh, in that 24 What is it? Year. What is it? What is it? Oh, live and laugh? What oh, is that? as far as like. He basically says live, laugh, love. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he. She stole like, it. Elizabeth she Gilbert owes him it. royalties or something. I don't know. L life is short. Break the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Does he say like, like dance as if no one's watching? Yeah. He <laughs> says yes, something as, as if no one's watching. Whitney so Houston. Like, that's where, like yeah. a cheesy bumper sticker. If, yeah. if Don't sweat the small stuff. If that's actually something that he wrote. That has been like bastardized and plagiarized. Uh, that might be the most plagiarized thing on the internet. It's it's like it's like the amount of offshoot psychological inspirational impressions is in the trillions. What's funny <laughs> is that you know what I heard there is I heard the um, I heard the uh, Apple 
campaign you know what i mean this is for the dreamers you know oh, to the yeah. dreamers so that to the ones who broke the rules and mm-hmm. it's so interesting that essentially exactly we just take a little bit of bread and a little bit of meat and like some veggies and then it's just a sandwich that just it's just you can go to any restaurant in the world mm-hmm. and get a burger or a sandwich or a club sandwich and it's it's crazy it's basically the same thing and we'll just keep eating it yeah there's not that much in the world that's really new well not to go full irish on this but you guys obviously edward o'shaughnessy that's where mm-hmm. we get. We are the music makers. We are the dreamers oh, of dreams, really? wandering by lone sea breakers, sitting by desolate streams. Yeah. We are the movers and shakers of the world forever, it seems, which is, you know, seems like it pre- predates that in its own way. Right. And, and who was the first one? Was it, was it Jesus? He I think was it was like, Aristotle, and we just had him on the podcast. <laughs> you did just have him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So, so okay. So, um, how did you get into caddying? Uh, summer job. Um, Sister was living in the Hamptons at the time. She was uh, interning with the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office. Okay. And um, a couple of friends of hers were Irish guys that worked at National Golf Links of America. And this was my first summer was like my first summer in college where, uh, funnily enough, I actually started in L.A. Started like I was living on Gailey Avenue right by UCLA. We got here in like May, some middle of May or whatever. Like, this is amazing. There was like free pool, like by the thing. It was, it was like chicks everywhere. It was like, we were like getting smashed at the bar. It was great. Your, your first like, week in LA just is a like, very special week. It's almost like all of LA got a memo that like Nigel's new. 100%. And it just like, you, you, I had this, I had a similar oh. experience where it was just like, wait a minute. This yeah. is this you're, is a joke. You're well, a novel, right? It's yeah. like, boom. Yeah. And it's like, it's like everyone's saying hello to you. Think you run into someone the next day in a different side of town, and it's just Eric. What was the uh, the most memorable person you met in your first week in Los Angeles? Ooh. Wait, have I told you the story? No. Uh, well, I had a weird first week in LA. <laughs> Wait, was this the the bus ride? That was no, a different no. Time. That was yeah, after yeah. living here for years. I, anyway, I worked for a photographer, and I came out uh, to help him with a shoot. And I came home on my first night, and there was. Um, you know, this photographer was like a fashion photographer. Right, I had right. a lot of fancy friends or whatever. And I and he was like, you can stay in my second bedroom. And I was like, okay. So I got home after a long day at like 11 or, or midnight or 1 a.m. or something. And I go to walk into my bedroom and there's um, my first night. And there's a, there's like someone in my bed. A big head of blonde hair. And I like, but it was too late. Like after I had opened the door, that person was now like stirred. And um, she like, turned and was like i'm sorry are you is this your bed and it was uh pamela anderson yeah and this is like 2002 <laughs> or three the, no you did not you know you have not yeah. told me this story yeah it is crazy yeah and i was just like swing you know what i mean like it was <laughs> yeah, like of course you, you yeah. like, welcome to hollywood yeah and she was like no no i was like it's okay i'll sleep on the couch she's like no no, no it's okay like sleep here and like if i had you know anyway yeah uh so that was my first I'm, I'll cut it's it out. It's all I'll downhill cu- from there. I'll right? cut it out of the podcast. But you need, did you sleep with Pamela Anderson? I'll cut it out of the podcast. Did I have sex with yeah. Pamela Anderson? No. Okay. Did you sleep in the same bed as? No. No, I mean, I was like... You were a gentleman. You went far too young bed. for that. Did you yeah. like curl up like in one small corner of the she bed? She got out of the bed. Okay. Yeah, she was napping. Okay. Yeah, it, at late, a late nap. She was like having you. a power nap before she drove yeah. home. <laughs> well, there was a lot of partying going on in this environment. Yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, you know, there was... Yeah, that's was very that. memorable, yeah. And then the next morning I woke up and David had a, a Rolls Royce. And the front of the Rolls Royce, you know, it has that big grill. Yeah. 
instead of having, you know how they have like, uh, you know, on the, on the semi trucks, the flaps, the mud flaps, <laughs> we'll have the trucker girl, you know, kind of like, like it's like a silver silhouette. So he had that on the Rolls Royce. So it was this kind of like, and uh, yeah, so we drove, we went straight so to the gross. coffee bean, which I didn't know what the coffee bean was. Oh yeah, that would be new. But yeah. that's, uh, that was a special, anyway, whatever. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> a strange first moment in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of like that. Like there was like all, like anytime you'd go somewhere and you'd like, it's just like when you're new in a place and this is kind of something I love about traveling is yeah. like that James Dean quote is sort of, um, you don't even need to read it because you know that you're here for a short period of time mm -hmm. as a visitor, which is ironic that we can feel that when we cross some imaginary line or get on a plane for a minute. Yeah. But the idea that we're like visitors on earth and I'm not even referring to aliens necessarily, but just. This is a temporary experience. Yeah. We know that. The idea that we wouldn't just go out there and be like, what's happening today? I can make whatever I want. Yeah, I'm curious to know. Like, I, I like acting is one of those things that's so fascinating to me mm -hmm. because it's like, what, what is the skill? It's really hard to, and this is like the definition that like, kind of Meisner and Stella Adner give. It's like living truthfully under the given circumstances, right? Uh -huh. So it's like, we're having this conversation now, right? And um, I mean, some people have fucking horrendous social anxiety. So even this is tough for them, right? You have right. to really crack a nut, but it's really hard with um, everything going on. Say, you know, like JoJo's there, but then there'll be a ton of people on set. You've just had last looks, you've done whatever. And um, the, your scene partner comes in and they're telling you that like, you know, your wife's dead, you know, like, and you're like, oh, how do I, like, how, how would I respond to that? You know, and then to like, not try and overdo it and whatever. So to just like respond naturally from who you are as a person with the circumstances that are there underneath it, you know? So it's like even something like if you just told me that like you stole five grand from me but like you want to eat like you're gonna pay it back to me yeah you know like it, it's okay like like to just take that as a reality right it's difficult yeah <laughs> you know like whatever like learning lines is like hard for a lot of people or whatever to like be like solidly off book if you're doing a play that's a different thing that's a different skill um but then even within that to do a thing over and over again and try and find a, a freshness and um, a uniqueness to each time you do it is really tough and still just have it like feel real like everybody knows that's the thing it's like you know when you see good acting right yeah you know like you really do you know when you see it um and you know when you see bad acting more than you know when you see good acting. Sure. Because when you see good acting, you're in the story. Yeah. And they're you, they're taking you on the ride, right? And, and you're like you're you're starting to feel what they feel, and like you hate the people they hate, and you know like whoever <laughs> the hero is, you're mapping yourself onto them. Um, but when you see bad acting, you're out of it immediately. You know, <coughs> and it's just like to avoid like a lot of those pitfalls of like acting or whatever and to just like try and pretend that it's like actually happening is, is pretty tough like for anyone to just 
try and act normal. You know, it's like act natural, right? (laughs) Just act natural, go. Would you say uh, you do more acting during acting exercises or do you think on some level how much acting is involved in in like the the day job of caddying mm, i know what you're saying yeah like like we all uh play a role right we have different roles like you know like uh let's put a stage and then his life you know main roles oh, entrances and exits <laughs> as, <laughs> as you like it <laughs> what is it entrances. as you like yeah. it is the play. Um, it is shakespeare yeah yeah shakespeare wrote a play called as you like yeah as you like it as you like that's it. a good name yeah, yeah it's um if you should watch the kenneth Branagh adaptation it takes place in japan i like as you like it found sounds very uh current it does it right does, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah he was really ahead of his he time, was huh? unbelievable was talking about this the day. oh my god how did shakespeare die in his sleep i believe no I really shit know that. what a way to go stratford upon avon yeah stratford he's, upon avon he's, yeah he was one of the best um on monday at los angeles country club did you feel like you were acting, Eric? Mm. Like, where are we at in the break 90s? As far as a, as a just camera wow. pan in, it looks like he's crying. Um, <laughs> just very dry eyes. Uh, like, at what point? Well, now when you look at these projects, when we do these films, I mean, it's supposed to, it's hard. You know, it is a performance, but it's mm-hmm. supposed to be real life. And you have lines. You know, quite often the camera will be on and I'll be like, you here are the things to say at the beginning of an intro or something else. Yeah. But it's not <clears throat> acting. I think I don't feel like I'm acting. I just feel like uh, I don't like the way I'm acting. <laughs> you know? That's yeah. Because it's all me, right? And like, but the only hard part is when I'm not the me that I want to be, mm. which is, you know, on mm. the front nine. <laughs> do, do you consider yourself yeah. a uh, an improv actor? Oh yeah, because yeah. like that's what that's what the golf content is. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like one of the hardest improv things you can do because you have no idea what's going to happen on the <laughs> hole. Yeah, well, you're simultaneously uh, behaving in a certain set of ideally attractive which behaviors, given circumstances, right? The given yeah. circumstances are at the Los Angeles Country Club. You can't be like get in the fucking hole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That doesn't fly there. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a there's a repeatable set of patterns that occur on any golf course, mm-hmm. right? We, we know what it is. Where's my ball? That was a good shot. I have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. That was a bad hole, right? I mean, there, there's like 12 stories that occur on a golf yeah. hole. Sure. They're all the same. Um, yeah, I think I just, I think if if golf is a metaphor for life, right, which it if obviously is if you don't see that just you know keep living and playing i guess yeah different podcast keep scrolling yeah i think <laughs> um but like you know i think at the end of the day we uh the goal of it all and, and you and actually nigel and i you, you and i talked about this when mm-hmm. we were talking about one of my favorite sober dudes in austin 93 his name's ed Love that. he's got 50 years sober and he and i have the same or very similar anniversary right so we celebrate you know the anniversary of our sobriety on this day and Ed gets up in front of a group of 50, 60, 70 guys. Some of them have been sober 24 hours. Some of them have been sober, mm-hmm. you know, as long as he has. And he says, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the, he's like, the amazing part of this whole thing is that the opportunity to achieve the goal of living the best life you can yeah. is right in front of you today. And so I guess when I look back at, you know, our time together on Monday at LACC, it's like, 
Yeah, I wish I had like, I wish I could have enjoyed the front nine more, but I will say like a, a switch flipped and we had a great back nine. Like it was funny. There was one birdie, right? Like we yeah. achieved our goal. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, you and I got a chance to like get away from the camera and talk right. a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, you observed my tattoo. Yeah. And, you know, I think like, is it acting though? I don't think, I think there's acting and performing. Mm -hmm. Acting, I think, is assuming a story that's not necessarily yours. And performing is just, um, maybe doing what you would do in a slightly different, uh, out in a different, um, you know, uh, concoction yeah. uh, for the benefit of others. Yeah. They, they do say acting is reacting though. And like so much of that. I disagree. Is... <laughs> oh no. He's, he's been to acting class. <laughs> there you go. See that Mike? Um, no, yeah, it, it's it's a bizarre thing, isn't it? Because it's like, well, what's the what's the fucking point of it, really, right? Of oh, acting, of acting? Yeah. like what's who fucking cares? Oh, there's a ton of points. So much. What do you point. mean? Yeah. No, but I that's what I'm saying. It's like like so you decide like some people, the point of it for them is to be famous, right? Yeah, that's so. So it depends, right? So it's like the the point of it for them is to get adulation, adoration, and whatever. And like for me as a younger version of myself that idea of like vainglory right of like all for me and like look look what i did look yeah. at me look look i'm fucking great aren't i um that would have been like probably you know people talk about the spine of the character or whatever you know like that probably would have been it for me and that's it's like it's a tough thing to like really assimilate into like my consciousness is that like yeah that was actually what i was all about i might have thought i was about other things but based on my behavior which is like what acting is really all about it's about your behavior right it's like how is that person behaving like you're saying it's reacting right and like how am i behaving and like what would it take for me to behave the way that i need to behave in these circumstances that will serve the script and the story and do it in a, in a way that's going to compel other people and affect them right for me that's what that's what it is you know and it's like for me the reason i do it comes from a place of um wanting to connect with another human being on a spiritual level yeah so it's like for me that just means something other than it's not this material or whatever you know we, i did a retreat one time with this um this men's group and it was actually, uh, it was in Jamaica, Queens. It was like this old parochial house or whatever. And um, the guy who led the retreat was this like priest who uh, was Catholic priest, John Connor. So Terminator reference. Terminator, yeah. Fucking thank you. I was like looking around. He says like, I'm John Con Father John Connor. And I was just looking around. No one was looking. I was like, it's Terminator. Um, but you know, he had like 30 or 40 years and he was like 80 something. He like chain smokes cigarettes cause a legend. Um, but he was just like, you know, we talk about the fact that like, you know, uh, it's a spiritual recovery, right? Yeah. Um, he's like, what does that mean? He's like, what, what is spiritual? And he's just like, he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, that's not spiritual. He's like this pen here. That's not spiritual. Um, he's like, but everything else. That's spiritual. So like your actions, your behavior, your emotions, all the rest of it, that's the spiritual thing. And I think that's, it's an inside out 
situation too. It's an inside job, right? So it's an inside job for us with that and with that aspect of our lives, but it's an inside job too because you can tell when you watch people like how they move through the world, whether they live out here or whether they live in here. Yeah. You know, and like whether it's emanating from them or they're trying to bring it into them. Yeah. And that's like for me with acting, what I want to do is I want to be involved in telling stories that challenge the way that I perceive the world and challenge the way that other people perceive the world and shed light on different things that are not illuminated to people at the time. So yeah. like different aspects of life that like I wouldn't know or different aspects of, of the human condition or um, of a profession or uh, a period of history or whatever it is, but something that just illuminates a part of myself, turns on a part of my own brain or heart or soul or whatever it is that otherwise wouldn't get turned on. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like a flashlight or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Looking shine around, a light on it. Curious guy. Do you uh do you write? I do, yeah. What do you write? Um, I me and a buddy actually made a film uh, a couple of years ago, which was a really interesting process. Um, Patrick Connolly, really good guy, really talented guy. Um, and we wrote a script about. Um, we used to meditate at this place, um, which I don't know if it came back but it, it essentially like imploded because the insight no uh, but before that um <laughs> what was it called oh uh, uh don't tell me wait yeah 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 wait i know what it is yeah i know what it is yeah fucking what name it what name it come on against the stream against the stream yeah. with noah yeah all right fill, so like fill someone i've in gone here. on retreats with noah okay right so interesting guy for the, for the non so wait, do you know do you know george which oh yeah i know george but my buddy used to work for george he used to was Who's like his little temp spencer i've and met just, spencer you, you, spencer carlson big tall like yeah, he was like golfer. his like printer he would like print photos <laughs> dude that's so funny yeah yeah, yeah spencer's like, my boy spencer. Sponsor, spencer. george was like my old meditation teacher george is the guy who gave me this oh, i love you yeah. keep going that was like my meditation that's his, thing, that's his thing from something yeah. yeah yeah george was like my guy dude george is the dude what is going on yeah where are we what we are we close the loop we yeah, finally we have, we have got closed it. the loop we know that's it's, why we're here we were connected before we were I connected to call fucking george yeah man i'm not really friends with george anymore yeah that's like i don't know i fucking i didn't know him that well i know him a little bit but spencer used to work for him yeah. so like when i moved out to la the one of the last times me and Spencer were like sober running buddies. We were like going to meetings together, going to like, you know, meditation. Right. So did you go to the one on uh, Melrose then? Or? I went Melrose. Uh, I actually used to live around the corner from there. When was then, the last time you went? Fuck, not long before um, it all went down. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically there was like some internal drama. Yeah. So there was, uh, it was during like the wave of Me Too stuff that was happening. Yeah. Um, Wait, so did you go to refuge recovery too? I didn't do that. I tried one of them, and was I was like, weird. I was like, this is a joke. It was this like monetization. Like yeah, yeah. I, I cannot like, tell you how ignorant I am of what you are talking about. Uh, so, Against the stream yeah. is basically like a it Los was, Angeles based. Was maybe is was uh, is like a Los Angeles based like um, meditation society. Yeah, and it was kind of, but it was like a. But tattooed, it was cool. It was, it was cool. like people like Eric that like look fucking people cool like would be see, there. And like people that are square like me weren't usually there. But I'd, I'd go anyway. It actually brought all different types. But was it, it actually like did. It was very tattoo culture. Like was it for meditation alone? Have you ever heard of it? Dharma punks? 
You've never oh, heard of him? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Noah Noah Levine is the son of Stephen Levine, who is one of like Stephen, Sharon Salzberg, and Robert Thurman, probably, or three of like Robert the, Thurman and maybe um yeah, the guy who wrote Robert Thurman who, for the who's soul. Uma Thurman's I just it's so I rare. just I just looked this up the day I came or yesterday I was because it came up and i was like what is that da, da, da. that's uh canfield the, ca- yeah yeah yeah, yeah can- it's like you guys are talking about a sport that is famous around the world that i've never heard of <laughs> it yeah. is the writer of chicken soup of the soul yeah uh ca- stephen canfield canfield um, canfield c-a-n-f-i-e-l-d canfield yes yes yeah, yeah. yes yeah i know his son actually no. san francisco guy yeah yeah it's part of a whole meditation society that's like kind of the new wave of like modern meditation. Yeah. But did you know Ken McLeod? I didn't know Ken. Yeah. No. Okay. So he came to speak once. Okay. Anyway, whatever. I was fucking. That's cool. I knew that name. How? Because you've heard it in my car. You've heard it. I've heard it from you. But I, <laughs> yeah. I knew the name. The I Prince just, and the Horse. I feel like someone just said like Lionel Messi, and I was like, I know that one. <laughs> Got it. Got You're it. like football. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, George. So when you're on, when you're looping for people in this town, mm. like, do you ever? Ha- are you ever in the bag of producers or? Like, where's the line um, for you about possibly what you get to pitch and what you don't get to pitch? Like, I, I would imagine you're yeah. not supposed to. I just leave it alone for the most part. Like, yeah. when, I don't even want these people to know I'm an actor, really. I mm. just, like, I try and, like, keep it separate. It's like, I'm here to be your caddy. Like, and that's really it. Like, if I, if I want to... I'd prefer to meet them on a professional level and talk about that stuff on a professional level. Like, like you were saying earlier, like, you know, like I look different, like I'm like cleaned up, da, 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 da. True, like, yeah. you know, like I look like Sammy homeless when I'm caddying. You know? so it's it's like, kind of the vibe though. Yeah. You're kind of going yeah, the camo hat, the yeah. wraparounds. It's my thing. The camo hat was, it's, it's, it's like going to be sick in the cut. The Long Island Cauliflower Association. The, uh, and, and what, uh, what, what bib did you have on? You told uh, me that's, about Oh, that's yeah. The Emerald Dunes Emerald bib. Dunes, yeah. Yeah. That was it. So no, you're not. But on the other hand, no, like, not really. there's I, so much opportunity. In the there world. isn't, there isn't. Like, so I caddied for like Larry David one time. So it was at Riviera or whatever. And like, we're going, getting set up. I didn't know who the group really was. It was like someone else. Um, Lloyd Braun, you know, like, so like, there's a character in sci fi Lloyd Braun. Like, he's like, his yeah. George's nemesis. Like, Lloyd Braun's actually Larry David's best friend. You know, like, like, and like they did grow up together, and like, yeah. it's like, like a joke. Now they're actually like best friends. Lloyd dates uh, Elaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then loses his mind in the end. Like, yeah, that was absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lloyd is kind of uh, what is the name of that actor? He's uh, he kind of reminds me of Mr. Big from uh, yeah, Lloyd Braun. He's he's kind of a dopey but like athletic. Are you thinking of Putty? Oh, I'm thinking of Putty. You're thinking of Putty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But him, and, kind him, of, him and Chris Chris Roth or Chris Noth, something like that. Chris Noth is Mr. Big, right? Something. We've had, uh, you know, we had Mr. Peterson on this show years and years ago. Peterson. Mr. Peterson. Uh, no? Uh, um, Peter Kellyan. Okay, anyway, so mm-hmm. so Lloyd Braun is there. Sorry yeah, so okay. like whatever, I'm chatting with him, but we, up, we had been up top, you know, the top tier at Riviera, and um, they were going to tee off down below, but... Larry's on the pudding green screaming. He's like, look at the time. Look at the time. You know, pointing to that like iconic like Rolex clock at Riv. And I'm like, Jesus, he's fucking nuts. So like we go down, whatever, we're like shooting the shit, we're about to tee off. And like rise we're about to tee off. He's like is like screeching, like almost hits the other cart. Fucking 
Larry steps out of the cart. He's like, you know, sunscreen all over his face. He's double gloves, double sleeve, massive sun hat, tied in the front like a camp counselor. The strings like hanging down. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, the Irish are made for bar light, not sunlight. What's your excuse? You know, he's like, what? I'm not Irish. I'm like, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Great start. Yeah. So um we tee off whatever uh we go down, we hit our approaches, we're on the green, and Larry's away. Larry's like I don't know how far it actually was, because I think it's um, it's up to like hundred and twenty feet now the way I'm telling the story, but like let's say he was like sixty feet. He was it was a pretty far putt. Um and hadn't really said much to him. And he goes, So Nigel, how's your green reading? said about an eighth grade level there <laughs> he was dying he was like oh you have to like back off the pot he was like okay okay <laughs> um puts his head down gave him the uh, gave him the read puts his head down you wow. know goes in he's just like yeah it's like i like go for a high five he goes for a fist bump it's like so <laughs> awkward <laughs> it's like it's like i was like who needs an education he's like who needs an education you know like brilliant right going off uh, the second we go up similar situation but it's lloyd this time's putting from off the green fucking windy boom. wow like, dream start right so it's great the other guys um head off go up to the tee i'm like getting one cart together and larry's in his own cart there so he's like uh, so you know like what are you doing what are you doing in la uh this is my my usual line i'm like ah oh, you know i just watch too much tv there and i was like oh so you're an actor so he like clicked it straight away like most people don't like they're like oh okay hmm. um i like, watch yeah, too yeah. much tv watch and he knew immediately that man you're an actor yeah. yeah wow smart right that's quick yeah um I, I was like yeah yeah and he's like how's it going i was like you know it's a hard way to make an easy living he's like oh, okay um I was like, maybe we'll get you on the show this year. I was like, oh, that'd be great. And he's like, yeah, maybe. And he like drives off. I fucking never saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the round went great yeah. and whatever, you know, good pair. Da, da, da. You know, so that's like, that's kind of how I feel about it. I'm like, yeah. and he's put other guys from there on the show or yeah. whatever, but it's yeah, like um, the uh, James. Yeah. James. And like, you know, uh, I think someone else has been on or whatever, but it's like, yeah, Jimmy was the, uh, wasn't he the, he was the golf, golf coach. coach. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's, you know, like, I just feel like, like that doesn't happen for me. Obviously it didn't, you know, but like, I feel like that's never going to be it for me. I, I feel like the way it's going to have to happen for me is like, we were talking about earlier with like riding, like I had dinner, uh, lunch with a buddy the other day and he was like, you're just going to have to do a song. You're just going to have to write your own vehicle. I feel like for Larry David to say, I, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to offer anyone anything. So for him to say, maybe we'll get you on the show this year. I mean, that's, yeah, and that's then, honestly enough. But then to follow it up with maybe. Well, I mean, he's just <laughs> reminding you that. No, it, and it's like, what he it's, said. I tell it that way because it's a good story. But um, the the sequence of events afterwards was like he got COVID the next week. Oh, yeah. And then so he was gone for two weeks and then he was in Martha, Martha's Vineyard for the whole summer. Right. And then like I wasn't working like Saturdays or so like, you know, whatever. So like, I just yeah. didn't I, like yeah. didn't see him for like. Right. Five months. Yeah, but the, the truth of the the real truth of the matter is with that kind of opportunity, you either need to be obnoxious and like at the end of the round, yeah. you need to make it happen for yourself, or you need a really good agent. And like, yeah, that's 
that's i think yeah. that's it I, yeah. I, I think i definitely like it, the lesson of that for me is that yeah like like you said you actually do need to be obnoxious like so he threw out like eric was saying like oh he's not just going to throw it out i'm like what i would refer to as like too irish i'm like i'm not gonna like he Ask. offered it like i'm not gonna be like following up on it i'm just yeah. like if he really wants me to do it he'll get me to do it whereas like i need to be more american in the mindset of like no he he fucking offered me that so yeah. like yeah get in touch with the casting agent and be like larry said larry said me put me on the show, the show. yeah, yeah. Well, it's not too long. how long ago was that um i don't know i don't know if he's ever gonna make i think they're, they're done filming and there's no oh the show's over him. yeah there's no more curb enthusiasm i think it's done they're doing the last season they yeah. just did it so that was my one shot of being a curb <laughs> And what a what a hard to watch show! I can't so watch uncomfortable, that show. right? Yeah, In the best way. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, Nigel, uh, we'd love to have you on the show sometime. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe you're already on maybe. the show. Maybe. We offered you during the round, and we you're came through. It's show. who that we are. That was good. Yeah. See, you guys, I prefer you guys to Larry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you, Nigel. I appreciate guys, it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Good, good chatting with you. Yeah, good you too. To know you, but, uh,